You're listening to SA Talk, San Antonio's favorite podcast for discussions around the Alamo City. I'm Zach, your favorite retirement advisor. And I'm Erica, your favorite San Antonio transplant. So welcome into episode 27 of SA Talk. Today is December, Monday, December 13th. Um, mm-hmm. we got a little to talk about this yes. week. Kind of fun. We're going to talk about games, gaming, the gaming society, right? The, uh, the gaming community. God, I wish we had a soundboard. We would just be pressing little pew, pews, pew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and really how the gaming community has grown here in San Antonio, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into and by the way, by the way, we're going to have a great guest later on in the podcast by the name of Ansley Partosa. Mm-hmm. She runs the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio. We'll get to that interview here in a bit. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the interview and kind of talk about gaming, I want to get our definition of gaming Right. Yeah. So since I started the podcast, Erica, it's on you to talk about <laughs> your definition of gaming first. So I've always thought that gaming is um, definitely digital games. I'm going to start with that, not board games. And then, although I don't know, gosh, please, gaming community, don't come for me. I don't know if it's all encompassing. And then I also think that. Um, That's a great point. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. Hold on real quick. I didn't even think about that because. I guess looking back, right, people used to play like Dungeons and Dragons, which I know nothing about. I know mm-hmm. nothing about, but mm-hmm. I know it has to do with they like still play physically, it. physically playing it though, right? You had yeah. to physically play. Yeah, no, I have a friend and he says that these games last days. Like I, I've heard, well, the only version of that I've seen, of course, is through Stranger Things being a Netflix oh. person. So, um, but, but that's about it. But, it, but anyways, um, so digital gaming, right? I guess when you think of a gamer, you probably think of digital gaming, like you said, right? I do. That's what I think about. I think about joysticks and buttons. I do think of it more as television, but I think in the recent times, I've seen a lot of like these like Twitch things, Twitch streaming. I'm so yeah, sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah, I just want to apologize for our listeners. That's what we should have done. We should preface this episode with Erica's going to use all the wrong lingo. And she hopes that you forgive her for it. Well, you don't consider yourself a gamer, so I think I we can forgive don't. you. I don't consider myself a gamer, so forgive yes. me for any future uh, lingo mishaps. It's like we should have an episode uh, on like um, gamer lingo, and then we. Well, just... you know what? That's why we bring on Ansley later on, is because That's she is the community expert when it comes right. to gaming. Not us. We're just going to give our own opinions. Yeah. And, and you know what? That, that brings up a great point because I consider myself, and I think you do too, but just more of a casual gamer. Like I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. I get competitive, and I think you're going to hear that later on in the interview, but I still view myself as a casual gamer. I don't enter myself into tournaments. I probably, I I know never say never, but I probably never will enter myself into tournaments. Um, I don't, I have tried watching one esports tournament, like via, like, what is it, YouTube Live? Um, ESPN 2. Has it been? I guess it has, right? They have had stuff on ESPN 2, especially (laughs) during the pandemic when they couldn't actually physically play Mm -hmm. sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that said, like I said, getting to my point, I, I don't consider myself like a hardcore gamer. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people out there that are like us, like casual gamers. But, you know, across the board, I think we're all excited about just the idea that like esports is becoming a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I would say so. Yeah. You'd have to be like a complete jerk to like see, see a community grow and be like, like, look at those heathens with their joysticks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's because so many people play. Like it's just a huge, it's a huge community, but 
that is that's my definition of, of gaming is like I agree with you. I think it's digital. My my view, my perception of, of a gamer is someone who plays either a console or a PC um, or I guess you can consider like a switch. Right. I also I feel like it has that. to have like an online component like you have to be able to connect to others. The Sims, though, I don't know. It brings in a question of the Sims. When I, as, as I was speaking that, I was like, wait, do you connect online with, with the Sims? And I feel like, is that a game? That's that's very true. But in my brain, that's what it is. Digital. Okay, digital. I, you know what? I, I kind of, I feel like we have to make this black and white. Okay. Um, I know it's very gray, but I'm going to make it black and white. <laughs> You're right. A gamer. When you think of gamer, though, yeah, there's going to be outliers, right? Just like the people who play, who still play Dungeons and Dragons. It's not digital, but mm-hmm. they're probably considered themselves a gamer. Maybe. Um, Maybe. So there's always going to be outliers. If but you're out there, tell us. I feel like if it, it's got to be digital. Digital. It's got to have an online component. Online component. And it's got to be either PC, console, or. I don't know whatever you call Switch. I don't play a Switch, but I what is that? I think it's a console. Cons- I think okay, it's a you console. consider that console. It's just like a, a portable. Oh, like PSP. It's like a portable console, right? Yeah, and I don't know whatever happened in PSPs because I used is to have gone? one. I thought it was the coolest thing. I thought it was the coolest thing when I got one for Christmas, like back when I was in I don't know sixth grade or something. Mm-hmm. But but they just got rid of them. I'm like, what They're the heck? Gone. People are playing these switches. I'm like, what what was the PSP? Did we just forget about that? I don't know. It wasn't colorful but, enough. I'm just gonna say it. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, but as you can tell, listeners, um, mm-hmm. we are not the experts Mm-mm. on gaming. We just wanted to give our definition, how we see it as a casual mm-hmm. gamer. Uh, but we do have an expert joining us. Like I mentioned earlier, Ansley Partosa. She runs the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio Facebook group. But they're m- much more than a Facebook group, and you're going to learn more about that. So without further ado, we have Ansley here joining us. Angeli, welcome into Essay Talk. We're so happy to have you. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about your your backstory and kind of how you got into gaming and uh, maybe some of the early games that you played or you remember playing. Uh, hi, I'm Ansley Partosa. I am the head of the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio. And let's see my backstory. And when I started gaming, I started gaming at a very young age. Thank goodness I had an older brother, so my parents bought him video games. <laughs> Uh, we had the Nintendo 64, yes. which I was obsessed with. That's like the OG, uh, right? Like yeah, the, with the little I've... center joystick and the, I loved that one. What were some of the, like, I guess, earliest games that you, that you kind of remember playing? Uh, earliest games I remember playing are Mario Party. That would burn into my hands. So then my parents thought video games were dangerous. You know, when you had to like do the little swirl with your whole palm. Yeah. If the little plasticky yeah. thing wasn't falling off, you weren't, you weren't giving it your all. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. Uh, Mario 64 was also yeah. really fun. It's just weird because I could like play that over and over. Um, I also had educational games. I don't know if people talk about that a lot, but my parents were like, all right, if you guys want this computer, you're going to have Freddy Fish, Reading Rabbit, these math games to teach you things. Like I think I remember very... Reading Rabbit. I think <laughs> Maybe I wasn't playing enough of the educational games. I don't know that, that I should have been playing. <laughs> <laughs> I had educational games, but for the PC, like my mom got like these, like, I don't know, two discs at like Sam's or something. And she was like, you're going to learn. And I just started learning, I guess. <laughs> so what kind of led you to start the, the Greater Gaming Society here in San Antonio? Um, well, what year did it start? And then what kind of led you to that point? Oh, uh, well, actually, I didn't start the Greater Gaming Society. It was founded in 2015, uh, right 
after or during the first PAX South that came here to San Antonio. And uh, PAX, in case y'all aren't that familiar with it, is stands for Penny Arcade Expo. And it's a gaming convention and showcase. And they have like an East in Boston, West is in Seattle. And they even have an Australia. So then they're like South wow. San Antonio. And they, they just chose us to start a convention here, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the funny story about that is I volunteered as a enforcer for PAX South and I met Robert Koo. So that was really cool. He was the CEO wow. of Penny Arcade at the time. Was he like a down to earth guy or was he totally like, I'm the CEO? <laughs> he was too down to earth. <laughs> I didn't know he was the CEO. <laughs> like asking him for your order of pizza or something. Like, excuse me. <laughs> this is such a weird story to tell, but um, I volunteered because I was like, I'm not a hardcore gamer. I know I might like look it or I like play competitively in tournaments, but I'm more casual, but I just like games and I have a passion for it. So then I thought you had to be a hardcore gamer to be at PAX. So then my older brother said, it'd be really funny if you applied to be an enforcer. And that's the story I told that guy. And I said, oh, I said, it'd be funny. And so here I am. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he goes and does something else because we were bagging the goodie bags for the first pack South. And he's sitting here. Wait, you say enforcer. What, what exactly is an enforcer? When you say enforcer, I'm just going to go based on like my own language. And I hear that I'm like a <laughs> uh, bodyguard right, enforcer. Yeah. Like, right, <laughs> right. That sounds really you aggressive. You know what Ansley looks like. She's like adorable. She's got these like really cute like cat headphones on her hair is like pink yeah. you know lavender <laughs> i'm not sure but so she's a very cute enforcer i'm like whoa <laughs> what does she do <laughs> it's funny because i the enforcer i don't know where they got the term i haven't like brushed up on the lore of it but it's the word for volunteer there and i am in kind of the roles where i'm in line management that's like my home base that i love to volunteer with so we're just like hey go to this line please hey don't cut in line or whatever it's almost like it's just like a spin right because like if it is the gaming community after all so instead of calling themselves like volunteer they were like let's go with enforcer that sounds that sounds way funner <laughs> yeah that yeah, sounds, cool. sounds way better you did touch on something that i thought was really interesting and you said that you thought you had to be like a hardcore gamer. And I'm like, that like really resonated with me because I love games. Like my friends will come over and the first thing I pitch to them is smash on my switch. Right. Like I want to play so bad every time I have enough people to play with, but I definitely don't consider myself a gamer, but so it's kind of like you were like, you really like doing it. You're passionate about it, but you don't think you're hardcore. So talk to us about that a little bit. I like to joke and say that like anyone who plays any kind of game, even if it's like Farmville or Pac-Man or whatever, you could be considered a gamer, right? I think some people have the classification of hardcore versus casual, which is like casual. It's like I'm not competing in a game or it's not me versus another person. It's maybe a co-op game like... Well, Overcooked is not a good example because in Overcooked, I will start yelling like Gordon Ramsay <laughs> if you're not like helping out. Like What's Overcooked? The... Just really quick. What is that game? It's a co-op game. It's very fun for parties and basically you're little chefs and you have to chop the lettuce and then you build a burger and then you send it out and you have a menu card and it tells you what you need to do. Is there like a mobile version of that game or something? I feel like I've played something very Diner similar Dash. to that where you play against someone... <laughs> 
right? Yeah. That maybe that's <laughs> what it was. I don't know. It's like if you did diner dash with your friends. Like would okay. you trust your friends to like cut the vegetables no. and <laughs> send it to you? Not my friends. Right. Yeah. Well, you, and you know what? I like to play both kinds of games. Like going back to the conversation about casual or ranked right. or casual or competitive. I think it's good, or at least in my perspective, to kind of have a mix of both. I know, like, I, I play... The only real competitive game, I guess you could say, that that I play is Rainbow Six Siege. I'm more of a console player. I don't really play anything on PC, and I don't have the PC to do it anyway. I have a Mac. But on Xbox, you know, that's kind of the, the competitive, the ranked, if you will, uh, game that I'll play. But sometimes when you play a lot of competitive over and over... You don't get tired of it, but you want to play something casual to kind of like mm. relax and just hang out and play. Um, it, I think it's good to kind of have that mix. Like myself, like I'll play that game a lot when I want to be competitive. Yeah. But when I want to just relax and play, like I'll play something like Madden. Yeah. Or G or, or GTA <laughs> or and just drive around and listen to music. Like, yeah. Right. It's like just just to kind of relax. Yeah. So it's kind of have both. But going back to Erica's question, like what do you think constitutes a hardcore gamer? Is there like a set amount of hours? Is it like you entering your yourself into competitions like what like what is the line that's what i want to know between a hardcore gamer and a casual gamer Mm -hmm. it's the competitions right i don't know i don't know tell us i feel like i don't know i think everyone has their own personal definition i do think going to competitions could maybe make people think you're a hardcore gamer but like there's people who just like to compete and you know maybe that drives them to do better because you know if you're it's like i compare esports to regular sports all the time if i'm playing basketball with friends i might not try that hard if i'm just playing like whatever but if we're going on a team versus team thing then i'm like all right i'm gonna try my best to like score a lot of points yeah yeah. so i wanted to speak a little bit on the whole competition thing because we're you know we're mentioning the competition aspect of e-games or esports and at least for me, I had no idea that that world existed up until recently. And I kind of want to learn from you and what you know about the local e-games, e-sports community. So for the local e-sports and the e-gaming community, I usually associate myself with the people who play Smash Brothers a lot because <laughs> that's where I was introduced, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes, Erica getting excited. So for Smash Brothers, I discovered this through a group of friends at Northwest Vista, and they told me they go to Smash tournaments, so then I started attending there. And it really opened my eyes to, like, different groups. Like, I think San Antonio is very Facebook group-centric, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't hear a lot of other cities, even in Texas, who collaborate over Facebook groups a lot. But that's where you can find a lot of like gaming groups. I mean, that's how a lot of people found the Greater Gaming Society because <laughs> they'll just look up gaming in San Antonio and it's in our name. So, <laughs> well, it, did it originally start as a Facebook group anyway? Yeah. So, like I was uh, saying before, like tangents and stuff. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. No, tangents are fun. So I, I'm cool <laughs> with it. In Pack South, the first one, 2015. After a panel was made trying to find out if we had game developers here, because we had all these game developers coming from all over, like California and like big names coming here. We were like, what about our local people? Where are we at? So Mm -hmm. Rick Sem created this group and he uh, ran the Greater Gaming Society for a long time until he got this amazing game development offer to be 
in New Zealand. So shout out to Rick. He's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, so we started as a Facebook group and we just kept growing after that. And I kind of started being more in charge in developing the group after I created a Pack South after party. So talk to us about how many people are in the gaming society, you would say? I don't know how to really label that because I would almost say like maybe like hundreds of people because like it's whenever people come by to the monthly meetups, it's never like everyone comes by like hundreds of people. Right. But it's like when people have time, people's schedules change, especially if you become like a consistent developer or programmer, then it's like, ah, I got a nine to five. It's kind of hard to meet up every month. <laughs> and, and so what is the the group do? I mean, are there, do you have partnerships? I know in our pre-call, you kind of mentioned something about partnering with other small businesses or at least getting them, uh, getting the word out there. You have the meetups, you talked about that. Um, any events, things. So just kind of talk about what the Greater Gaming Society does here in San Antonio and how you interact with each other. So the Greater Gaming Society, pre-COVID, we would consistently have two meetups every month. One of them is called the Excuse to Create which is where we group together and meet at either a local workspace. Usually we'll be at Geekdom. And at that meetup, we like to hang out and collaborate and talk with each other. Like if you're an artist and you just need a place where you can draw but still talk to people so you're not getting distracted. And if you're a programmer and you have like a problem with your code and you want to ask someone or if you want to if you're a student and we really encourage students and people who want to learn and get into game development to come to these meetups because we have people who are like experts in unity unreal engine like game engines and we even have professors from colleges come by and say hey so yeah that's one of the meetups and then the other one is more casual which is called the social hour and that's when we go to different local businesses and I mean, it doesn't have to be local. We could choose, like, I don't know, Mama Margie's to hang out. I think we did that <laughs> once. But I really like supporting the local businesses. Like, we met up at a local arcade otaku cafe recently. And that was really cool because they have a nice space for us to talk. And then they have, like, Japanese arcade games that I don't think we can find in any other regular arcade. Do you feel like you're you're fostering the, the gamer and gaming community here in Santel? Like, you're helping it grow? I think so. That's that's always been the aim, honestly. I've always wanted to like help support and foster the gaming and game development here in San Antonio because when I was in college, backstory to me, I went to Northwest Vista Community College and I got my associate's mm -hmm. degree in 3D animation. So whenever I tell people that, they're like, they have a program for that? Right. I had no idea. Yeah. So even though it's been a program for since before I was a student and even now, it's kind of surprising that people don't know North Vista has a program for game development. Incarnate Word has an incredible program and I've had friends go there and go on to like AAA studios in Austin and there's a lot of potential. It's just kind of uncovering and marketing that potential. I think that's something that I like to do a lot just naturally. I like talking. <laughs> and telling people <laughs> what I'm interested in. And you're so a marketer, so that kind of, like, it goes hand in hand to, to want to share constantly. Yeah, it's funny. I work with Shanks Web Development, but a lot of my friends end up learning so much about, like, my marketing job from my Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love how you touched on the opportunities part. And that kind of made me think about an article that I read on my essay about just like even schools, right? They're developing esport programs as well. What kind of opportunities are available, you would say, for people who maybe, yeah, they start in high school and then they go into the college program. What kind of doors are opened? Like me, I, I love games, but I didn't think about like, never did I imagine there were careers revolving around gaming. So talk to us about that. For gaming... If people want to go to colleges, like I believe AM San Antonio offers scholarships for their esports athletes, which is insanely cool. And they even take their athletes to tournaments over in Austin. I remember I would go with my friends and then I see them with their jerseys. I'm like, oh my God, a whole college is over here. That's cool. For game development, it's a lot of like programming and then arts like 2D art or 3D art, which is like computer 3D modeling kind of things. There's also like production and music. There's like a lot that goes into games that basically can be its own entire market. Like I said, with how I like marketing, people need to know about these games. So they need a marketing team. They need like social media. It's like if we have this esports industry growing here in San Antonio, then it just creates more jobs. And it's kind of interesting because people don't really think that, oh, yeah, they would need a web developer so they can have a website for like their game. You know, we kind of touched on uh, just throughout our conversation about the growing community, growing gamer community. And this time just talking about just being a gamer, not so much game development. And we have seen that. Like I know, Erica, you said you were kind of like surprised to see you can actually participate in esports, right? Like in college, right? And mm-hmm. something, Ansley, I was telling you before was at a recent event that I went to for Northside back in August, they were literally like, this is people who work in Northside were trying to recruit teachers at different schools to be like the esport coach at that school. Just yeah. like they have a football coach, just like they have a basketball coach, a soccer coach, whatever it may be adding to that and saying here, you know, like you have a band director, right? It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. now you have the esports team and you can participate as early as middle school. I don't even know. They might even have it in elementary. Who who knows? Um, But that's so not only surprising, but it's also exciting, especially for people like the three of us who all have different level of experience playing games, right? But we all enjoy Mm -hmm. it. There may be a different level of experience and different level of how often we play, right? Or how serious we are. But just the fact that they have it as an opportunity, because there's a lot of people in school that there may not be extracurricular activities that they're interested in, you know, and now that may be something that they are interested in. And so they can participate Mm -hmm. that on a competitive level, especially if they are a competitive person. They were doing it at home. Now they can do it for their school, right? And like with their peers. And I think that's more exciting have you seen that growth? And if, if so, like, how have you witnessed it? Are, are there things that, that have stood out over the last few years that you've noticed that like, oh, shoot, this is actually happening here in San Antonio? Yeah, from a middle school, high school level, I don't have a lot of experience firsthand because I don't know many people in that age range. But I do have a friend whose son goes to a high school up in Cibolo and they have a e-gaming club. I don't think they're making the esports teams yet. I know there are schools and school districts working towards making like leagues so kids can have a good competitive outlet because I think that's mostly what it's about. It's like getting that competitive outlet and having a area where kids can connect on that level because when kids get to play with each other even online. It's so good for like social development and motivation. There's actually uh, one of the partnerships that I think I mentioned to you before 
was YMCA is starting to get notice and get into kids being interested in games. So they're starting their own e-gaming program. <gasps> oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited and I want to help them out with it. And I'll probably mention it later, but a event that we're holding in January is actually going to help benefit their like kickstart their e-gaming. Oh, that's. So- I want to go back to the that. the competitive conversation, and <laughs> just because this is has always been like my my argument for why I play video games. Going back to my schooling years, I played sports. I ran track. I played football. Played basketball. I was. I don't think I was ever any good at any of those three, but I had fun. I was a competitive person. And Ansley, you kind of alluded to the social part. I think the social part is very important about it too. After you graduate high school, unless you're going to be a, a student athlete in college or, or eventually go off and play in a professional sports league, which is extremely rare, right? Then you, you lose that competitive experience. Like, unless you're going to go play in the neighborhood basketball court. If you played football, good luck. Me. Good luck. You know, you, you <laughs> I, like, good luck. I used to- joke around that I'm just going to join these like leagues, just like, you know, these random leagues and just keep playing till I'm 50. Cause I'm yeah, like, and, and fortunately, I, have, I need the outlet. Fortunately, there are things like for, for soccer players and, and for maybe baseball slash softball players, you can play in leagues, but for football, basketball, I mean, good luck, you know, it, especially football, you can't just put on pads and start tackling people. <laughs> right. So like, what's your competitive outlet? And I feel like for me, it's been gaming. Right. I can play a game and that's my competitive outlet with my peers or my friends. Right. And you get on, you log in online, you put your microphone on and you just start gaming like and that's being competitive. And that's why I enjoy it is because like, what else am I going to do? I don't have a neighborhood basketball court mm-hmm. in my apartment complex I live in. We don't have a basketball court here. So where are they like, what am I going to find people to play with? Like, what are you uh, just yeah. to throw it around by yourself? And then the so then that's the next struggle. Right. Is that <laughs> I have the the friends to like play basketball and we used to. When we worked part-time, you know, jobs at Academy, what are you going to do when you have full-time jobs or, you know, maybe a self-employed full-time job and running a podcast? You know, what do you, when do you have the time to do those things? (laughs) Well, you can play video games at night. So that's the, that's kind of the reason, you know, that, that I've continued playing. And, and I think it's so true for so many people. That's just me. But I think it's so true for so many people out there that just need that competitive outlet Mm. and they can you know, stay within the confines of their own home. I, yeah. I love how for you, gaming comes down to like competitiveness maybe. And for me, it's almost like, I just want to pretend I'm not me. Like I'm still in the whole, uh, what is it like Sims? I love playing Legend of Zelda because I like pretending that like I'm living in those times. Like I'm like Link and I need to go collect some That's gems. So <laughs> Do excuse me, you know? <laughs> I love it. It's like everyone has like their own reason to love the games, right? It's It could be, you could be a Zap mm-hmm. and you could be competitive. You could be a me and you just want to like go on your little adventures and pretend you're, I don't even know what he is. Is he an elf? I don't know what Link is, but he's got, <laughs> or Ansley, I don't know what your, what brings out your passion, if it's the the social aspect or what, but... For me, it's like, I like the competitiveness, but I'm a real. I'm kind of a sore loser. <laughs> I <am> too. <laughs> like, I don't practice that much, if at all. But then if I lose, I'm like, I could have had that, you know? <laughs> Listen, she said it so straight-faced. She's like, I could have had that. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of the times the, the the competitive side is what most of the 
the world outside of the, of the gaming community sees. And the reason we see it or people see it is because you've seen kind of the rise in these esports tournaments. We, we alluded to it earlier that they're having these esports teams. And then about a year ago, maybe a little less, they announced that they're building at the, the new innovation center there at SAMSAT, which for the listeners who didn't hear that episode months ago is the San Antonio Museum of Science and Technology. Um, they're going to also include it in the innovation center, which if you want to hear more about it, go listen to that episode with Doug King. What I'm, t- uh, what I want to bring up about it is they're building the esports arena, which I think is supposed to hold like 2,500 or 3,000 people. We're going to have an esports arena, esports in, in San- it, here? Yeah, like Port yeah. San Antonio, right off of 90. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing that that's actually coming to San Antonio. I'm going to let you know right now, Austin, which we get compared to a lot, right, <laughs> does not have an esports arena. I'm sure they can go play in, you know, at the, the Frank Irwin Center where the Longhorns play basketball, but they don't have yeah. a dedicated esports arena like we're going to have right here in San Antonio. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that just goes to show how the gaming community has grown here in San Antonio. What are, what are your thoughts on that, Ansley? Do you think that's just going to help kind of continue the growth that we've seen? Yeah, it's going to super continue the growth. I think I've been hearing about it since they were like toying with the idea, because like I said, with the whole Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio, that's their full name, their community engagement person was looking up what's gaming in San Antonio, what's it look like? And they found our group. So then they were like, hey, can we talk to you? And then they're like, what do you think about this idea? And their group handling that is really good. They've always been asking the community What do you guys need? What are you guys looking for? And since I have traveled with my friends, like there are some people in the city that are killing it at the game of Smash Ultimate. They're so good. And I'm just there. I'm like, woo, let's go, guys. I mean, not to sell myself short, I like to support and have fun with my friends. So it's really cool to see different areas. Like in Texas, Arlington area, they have a esports arena. And I was like, we could do this. No offense, Arlington. But I was like, we could do this. I have a lot of passion for San Antonio and our area. So hearing that we would have the Innovation Center. And it was weird. It was like the week after I just went there. So I was like, oh, yeah, here's some pictures. You want to like see this is like the cool glowing lights. That could be cool. They didn't have like charging stations or places to sit that could be improved. I love how you just said that you're you're like just passionate about San Antonio, hyping San Antonio. It's like you're in... You're in the right podcast because that's exactly what we do here. I don't know if I don't know if you know that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like listening to y'all a lot because I'm like, yes, now I know. Because I think you guys talk a lot about Southside San Antonio, and I'm not familiar with that area at all. I'm like anywhere in the North Side or even for my job Northeast outside of San Antonio. I know about, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. hearing about the different areas like South and even the East or West Side, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know we had that. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I'm so glad we get to do that for you. We are coming towards the end of our interview, but tell us anything that you feel that maybe we, we missed out on. Is there last words, anything that you really want to share? Just shout out stuff for the Greater Gaming Society. If anyone wants to get into gaming of any kind of games, not just Smash Brothers, there's a lot of people who play like Rocket League, Rainbow Six Siege. A lot of those games are very integrated in colleges nowadays too. You should Mm -hmm. join the Greater Gaming Society. We have a Discord, which is, I don't know if everyone knows what Discord is. It's like better Skype, but (laughs) (laughs) they don't want to market it towards gamers anymore, but that's cool. It's 
it should be good for everyone. Well, real quick, Anjali, give some of your favorite places around San Antonio, or if you have a favorite place. Whenever I bring on a guest from for SA Talk, I like to kind of ask that question. Is like, where do you hang out? People want to know where the hangout spots here in San Antonio. So what are what are your favorite places? And then um, after that, of course, plug in everything for the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio and any events coming up. Let's see. I've thought about this and it's kind of weird. I have kind of three favorite places. The Pearl used to be my number one, but I don't like paying for parking. I'm sorry. I, I already pay a lot when I want to buy food and support the businesses there, but I still yeah. love it because it's really cool. And then... Majestic Theater, because I really like musicals, and it's gorgeous in there. But for a hangout spot, Heritage Duck Pond. You get to feed a bunch of baby ducks. There's a little, that book thing where you can put in children's books, or, I don't know, take a children's book. I have not taken Oh, one. like the Little Free Library. Yes, Little Free Library. Thank you. The Heritage Duck Pond is, it's, I, I don't know. I, I want to say it's overlooked or underrated, but maybe it's not. I don't live in that neighborhood, but I don't live too far from there. In fact, there's a little park across from my apartments. That's like, I call it the mini the mini heritage duck <laughs> pond because it, it's a pond. It's not as big, but it has a lot of ducks there too, just like it. And I mean, I could honestly probably run to the heritage duck pond from there. It's like a mile and a half. Uh-huh. So, um, but the Heritage Duck Pond, Erica, I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't, but I don't. You should I definitely issue, check it out. As was saying it, I was like, Yeah, oh. kind of by Petrenko out, outside of yeah. Like yeah, 1451. Really cool. So yeah, really nice. cool. That's cool that you said that. No one's ever brought that up, <laughs> but that is a really cool spot. So yeah, definitely plug in like social media profiles. Where can where the listeners find you? Where can they find the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio? And then uh, plug in any upcoming events that they should know about. Okay. Um, well, Greater Gaming Society San Antonio is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can find me at Ansley Partosa on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, upcoming events, we have two very big ones for the Greater Gaming Society. The first one is called Royal Brawl, which is our very first uh, Smash tournament that we're putting on joints with YMCA. And it's going to be held at YMCA Walsam, which is really cool. That's happening, like I said, January 22nd. And then our second event in January is called the Global Game Jam. And this is like a whole other conversation, but very quickly, a Global Game Jam is where people get together in teams and they make a game in 48 hours. It doesn't got to be anything complicated, not like Zelda Breath of the Wild. It could be like a platformer like Mario. Well, oh my God, that is again, a whole other conversation. <laughs> well, thank you again, Angeli, for joining us on Essay Talk. We really appreciated the conversation. And, um, you know, this Very probably, insightful. probably won't be. Yeah. And it probably won't be the last time we have you on. I think whenever they complete the uh, the esports arena, we might have to bring you back on and kind of uh, talk about that. Because <laughs> I'm sure you'll have some kind of insight on that. Thanks. I really appreciate like coming on and talking about everything with y'all. So that's going to do it for our interview with Ansley Partosa from the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio. We're going to take a quick break and then Erica and I will be back to discuss our favorite games and then, of course, wrap up uh, the podcast with our last segment, giving our local rec for the week. So stay tuned. This is what we're made of. The businesses that line our streets and the customers that make them flourish. As a business owner, this is your community, your members, your regulars, your neighbors. Your business is unique. So are your customers. No matter who you need to reach, Spectrum Reach is here to help you connect with the right message on every screen. 
visit SpectrumReach.com to connect with a local advertising expert. That's SpectrumReach.com. So welcome back into Essay Talk. I hope you enjoyed our discussion with Ansley. Um, in this segment, I did. <laughs> in this segment, we're going to talk about some of our favorite games uh, when it comes to what we play. As you heard, we play different things. I'm more of a console player. Eric, I think you mentioned you have you have a Switch, right? But you also play. I'm an escapist. Yeah, I am mostly a Switch these days. But I did. I had my Xbox days. Don't don't be you, fooled. You play some PC too, or? Oh, back when I was a kid. I don't anymore. But I was an Xbox like. Halo Reach, you had nothing on me. I'm just gonna say it right now. Like I was freaking good. <laughs> so I think we should do good. like top top games. I don't know if you want to do it like a top three. Or oh right, top... yeah. I'm already dropping my games. Should but you're right. Should we should we do a top three or top four, top five? What do you think? Let's go for the challenge. Let's go for five. Okay, top five. Let's and let's just say they can be anything. They can be PC. They can be Xbox. They can be PlayStation. They can be console. They can be Switch. Whatever you want it to be. Um, mm-hmm, just your mm-hmm. top games. I guess I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Let's alternate. It. You want to alternate? Yeah, alternate? let's do that. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Cool, cool. So let's go. I'm not going to go in our pr- any particular order just because I don't know. I I feel like I can't really rank the games right now. What I can tell you is just all time, my, my favorite yes. games. I want to go far back and you mentioned it and I honestly forgot about it until you mentioned it. But The Sims, that was the only, no, the second PC game that, that I played. I, I don't play anymore. I, probably the last time I played was maybe middle school, but most mm-hmm. likely elementary school. Um, mm-hmm. But I was addicted to The mm-hmm. Sims. Like I would play The Sims all the time. It was so cool just trying to yeah. build your own house and you we know. all had a Sims phase where I, I we feel were like, like I feel like you did. Like if you played life. PC and like video games, you played The Sims. I, mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. true. So that's that's my first one. And you know what's interesting is that I feel like a lot of people. I'm just gonna real quick keep going with The Sims. Is like every time I tell people I've played Sims, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, PC." I actually my first time I played Sims was on a GameCube, and I mean I don't know. I just had the time of my life with it. So we all had our fake lives. My games are also going to be out of order, but I do have a super soft spot. So this is also probably my number one anyways, are, is the Legend of Zelda games. I just get really lost. I'm a big fan of just, I don't know what it is. It's the same way that I love Lord of the Rings. Um, I never got into that other book with a bunch of deaths. It's also a show on HBO. Well, what is that game? What is that Game show? of Thrones? No, Game of Thrones. I, yeah. yeah, I never got into that, but that a bunch genre. Of deaths. <laughs> that's funny how that's how they're, that's what they're known for, right? Like killing off yeah. a bunch of characters. I once saw a picture and someone had tabbed with sticky notes, a picture of the book and they had tabbed with sticky notes, all the deaths. And I was like, what is, <laughs> someone just wrote death. But yeah, I really like things that are like in that weird, like villagey European base type things i'm not saying that's what zelda is but it feels that way like it's like you got to run in your little horse and i don't know that fantasy i love that sort of like elvish fantasy type stuff i'm a sucker for it okay so i guess we're getting back to me on my nintendo 64 that i had again this is one of those things just like the sims i feel like every gamer played at one point um is 007 goldeneye i have no idea what that is what do you mean what is this (laughs) Really? I feel yeah, like that was the first and people people make jokes about this on Twitter and um, other social media platforms, but people make the joke like that was the first introduction or one of the first introduction we had to like shooter games was playing uh-huh. Goldeneye. Uh, 007 Goldeneye. It's just, it, I think it goes to show you that the fact that there's still like memes to this day about Goldeneye 
um, that that come out just because yeah. that many people played it. All the people that play Call of Duty like today probably play GoldenEye if they're like old. I, I would say <laughs> like 25, 25 or older. I think 25 or older, <laughs> that's probably the, like the cutoff. Um, I'm 27. I don't <laughs> I missed out. I'm gonna have to look it up. See if some some server is still like, anyone younger than that. It. They're probably like, oh, I played Call of Duty for the first. It's like, okay, come on. All right, that's Call of Duty me. was later on. So that's my second game. So first game Sims. Okay, mm-hmm. second game 007 Goldeneye. Okay, for me, it's gonna be Smash the Super Smash Bros. Definitely grew up playing that on GameCube. And people make fun of me for saying Malie because apparently it's Melee. But I it's love melee. saying Super Smash Bros. Malie. It's so much funner. Let's go play Malie. Malie, 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 Malie. I've never heard anybody say that. <laughs> me and my family would say it. We would have straight up tournaments, me and all my cousins. I have All my cousins are dudes, by the way. And so we would all just like freaking, we were always at someone's house playing Malie. And that's how we would say it. And our first language is Spanish. And so you just, you got to just go with it. I freaking love that game. And if it's the GameCube version, which is the Melee version, I will kick anybody's ass uh, with Peach um, as my character. She, that, that girl with a pan, I am unbeatable. But nowadays there's like a new version, Super Smash Bros. I was never a, a Smash Bros. But players. I'm still super- you're not playing with the right people. You gotta, you gotta have hate in your heart, and you gotta come in hard. You gotta like press those buttons. No, I, love I just, that game. I never was like, I, I played it. Don't get me. I think we all played it, right? I Did just, you lose a lot? Is that what this is about? <laughs> I, I feel like it was. Maybe it was. Hey, maybe that's the reason why. Uh, but I just, I didn't. I guess I just wasn't really into it. But for whatever reason, I, I just, I never really played it. So my next game. This one, I, if you play any sports games, you probably played this as a kid, and that's NCAA football, which was very fun, very fun, like around the, the years of, ooh, like 20, like, I don't know, like 2007 to 2012 or 13. The, the series stopped in 2014. That was like the last one that ever came out. This kind of dates it, but I think the last cover artist was RG3, who, if you know who he is, you know he's not really as relevant anymore. But anyways, it stopped in 2014 because of the fact that the NCAA, as an organization, as a as a company, really, was making money off of the likeness of these college athletes. And the college athletes, it was illegal for them to make any money. So, as you can imagine, that's extremely unfair, um, the fact that they were making millions of dollars off of this game that they were not seeing any of. <laughs> so, uh, but, but they are bringing it back. It's supposed to roll out in 2023. Um, it, I know this is kind of a little bit off topic, but the reason is, is because now you can actually pay collegiate athletes yeah. now. So that's the reason they're bringing it back. But oh my gosh, it was so much fun doing like dynasty mode with your friends. It would be like 10 of us, anywhere between eight or 10 of us. And we would just create like a league and we'd pick schools and you got to like recruit athletes out of high school and like you, you tried yeah. to build up your team. Okay. Really funny story. If you're a UTSA fan listening to this, you know, we just played Western Kentucky. I was telling my brother when we we're in the stands at the game, that was my team on NCAA. Like I chose <laughs> Western Kentucky because it was like, Oh, this no name. It sounds kind of rude to say a no name school, but like it was a small time nope. school. It's not UTSA, it's okay. It, it, was a, it was a smaller school, and I was like, road to glory. I'm going to make this team a powerhouse in college. And so it was It was really fun. It was really fun. Like, that mm-hmm. was my school. Uh, but, oh, my gosh, that was a fun game, and I cannot wait to play UTSA 
uh, play as UTSA in the mm-hmm. in the new game. That's my <gasps> third. Fun. Okay, my third is Mario Kart. Another classic. I think Mario is just going to be a lot of my games. So don't say Mario because I'm already cleaning them all. I'm still playing. I still go online. I'm getting my ass beat by 11 year olds, but I don't care. It's the time of my life. I love Mario Kart. <laughs> another one. Okay. Another one that I, I did get into that. I played it, but it wasn't, I don't know what it was about like the, a lot of the Nintendo games. I just yeah, never. Cousins. How many cousins I don't, do you have? I, oh, I do. Uh, I do. But like, I'm not, say, close, I'm not as close with them. <laughs> You know, okay. it was always we just like tournaments. We used to throw the freaking remotes at each other, like all pissed because we were like really competitive. Yeah, it just I, I never really play video games with him as much. But, you know, the one the one cousin I did, my cousin Tyler up in Dallas, like he he's my brother's age. And, and that's the mm-hmm. thing is like my brother's five years younger than me. He's about five years mm-hmm. younger than me. And I didn't play with them much. It, had my brother. Because my brother is a different video game player than I am. Um, he plays much different games. But some of the games that he plays, I play. Um, but he plays like... He's one of those... Like, he plays console. I think he also plays PC. But he had to get like a separate memory card for for the Xbox because of the amount of games that he plays and downloads. I'm not like that. Yeah. I stick to like two games, literally. Maybe three yeah. at any given time. But anyways, yeah. I just never played like those kinds of games with with the friends I had when I started gaming a lot, like in middle school and high school, my friends, my group of friends, we played NCAA and then this next game, which I'm going to list, which is yes. Gears of War. So if you ever played Xbox, I played that. Gears of War that. was like my jam. It was a lot of people's jam when it when <laughs> Gears 1 and 2 came out. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was a very popular game. It was exclusive to Xbox. I think it's still exclusive to only Xbox, um, but so much fun. You could play the campaign mode with friends, which I would do. It was a lot of fun to do that. But then playing the oh my gosh, I mean, my, my my girlfriend makes fun of me and kind of laughs and and sometimes gets a little annoyed when I stay up late playing video games. But I tell her like you don't even know back going back to middle school and high school, we would stay up till like three or four in the morning playing yeah. Gears of War, my friends and I, and and we'd have like football practice the next morning, like two a day. So it was ridiculous. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean that was like our thing. So yeah, shout out to Gears of War, man. I miss I, I miss those. They, they came out with more Gears, like they finished up the series and everything, but it just wasn't the same. Gears 1 and 2 were like the best, but... Yeah, could have been the time of your, the time that you were in, in your life. But when I played, I was just really scared. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, you were scared? Just Yeah, that shows you what a scaredy cat I am. It was, like, I think that's what I enjoyed about it too, was like, it was very it cinematic was for at its time. <laughs> I think it was more cinematic and kind of like, it was, there was parts of it where it like, oh scary. shoot, you're a little scared. Like I was super scared all the time. Okay, so my next one is going to be Mario Party because... We're just continuing on the trend here, Mario. I'm huh? going with it. I'm so sorry. I love them. It, the best way to to have friends or foster friendships is a good old Mario Party. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. It's a lot, of, a lot of mini games. I love the colorful animations. I just feel happy the moment I start playing Mario Party Worlds. They're just so exciting and they make me feel really happy. And I did mention when we were speaking with Ansley, it's like I play the video games more for like, I guess, escapism, like just pretending I'm not me. And I I get that. I get that in like a happy way. Like Gears of War, if I was playing Gears of War and I'm trying to escape, like I'm horrified. I'm like, oh my God, I found a way into this world. Whereas when I'm in Mario Party, I'm like, la, 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 la. Where do I go, <laughs> Toad? Like, tell me what to do. And, you know, you're just like, wee. It, it feels... That's what I'm in it for. So your turn. So this is my last one, which kind of it kind of stinks that this is this is my last one, just because 
number one, I play it the most right now. <laughs> but number two, it was very hard to pick this last one just because, and I feel like there's got to be honorable mentions because, oh my gosh, no. there's just so many other games that no. I played so much. But the last one is going to be Rainbow Six Siege, which if you're listening to the interview, you heard me mention, and I know Ansley mentioned it's one of the the, the most competitive if you ask me again i'm not a huge gamer but i would argue it's one of the most competitive games out there Mm -hmm. you know her saying that that's one of the games that gets like circulated on the esports tournaments and stuff like that that goes to show you you know it's one of the most competitive games out there and it really is and i think the reason it's so competitive is that like no offense to call of duty i played call of duty i've played warzone i played all i played call of duties for years since like black ops and zombies and whatnot but you can give a controller to a four or five year old and i guarantee you they'll probably get a kill on call of duty (laughs) like it's tell them how to shoot and move around they'll figure it out on call of duty Hmm. you can get a kill on rainbow six siege damn i suck at call of duty it's it's not like you (gasps) man it took me months to like figure out how to be decent to go like positive kd on on rainbow six siege it is a very very tough game um and it's not just the shooter aspect that's that's the other thing is like and that's another knock on call of duty in my opinion i again i play call of duty but i hate on it a lot too just because of of these reasons like i feel like with call of duty again it's so simple i could not play call of duty for three years hop on and get like six kills you know and get on there and it's just gun game like it's all about how what kind of gun skill you have with a controller or or a mouse if you're playing PC. With Rainbow Six Siege, it integrates the gun game with knowledge because you're, the environment is destructible. You can break walls, you can break floors, you can break ceilings. There's little like uh, tools or uh, they have like unique abilities that they can all use, blah, blah, blah. So it takes a lot of thinking because there's a lot of mental skill along with like the actual gun skill on the game. So I think that's why it's so competitive. But again, I play it the most uh, right now and it's so much fun. There is no casual. I mean, in my opinion, there's no real casual version of playing that game because it's all competitive. Oh gosh. But that, so that's my five. So Sims, GoldenEye or 007 GoldenEye, NCAA football, pretty much any of those, whatever years they came out, and then uh, Gears of War and Rainbow Six Siege. That's my that's my five. Mm-hmm. Okay, before okay, so let me just close up my five and my last one, and it's an oldie, and I haven't played it in forever. I, I gave it up, but it was Halo Reach. At least for me, it was like my senior year, high school, maybe junior year, in and then um, into college. There was just like a group of people that I would go play live with like go live for Halo Reach. And I got really close to those people. Those were good times. And I think that's my favorite part about the gamer community is that you can create digital friends, which is why I like social media and all that. Yeah. I don't know these people. You just get to have friends. So those are my top five, Zelda Smash, Super Smash, Mario Kart, Mario Party, and Halo Reach, or just, I guess, just Halo in general. But Reach, I think, was the best one. Um, and then you have your five... <laughs> And I think we both only included like one shooting game, huh? One, two, no, three, three oh, for me. A lot of shooting ones. Okay. <laughs> typical, typical guy, right? right. Just playing the, the Vastly shooting games. different. I know. Different, uh, I know. Lists. You know, I, I guess my my honorable mention, and this is kind of like fantasy world, is like GT, all the GTA. I'm surprised you didn't say any of those. I was yeah, surprised. Yeah, and, and and honestly, that is honorable mention, just because I do. I, I I still play. I literally played GTA like last week, right? I hadn't played it in probably half a year, but mm-hmm. I played it just because I was like, eh. I feel like seeing LA on a video Mayhem. game, which is what I GTA just- like. 
I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And I, I played all the, you know, Vice City, GTA 3, blah, blah, blah. I played all that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was tough to leave that out. Mm. It, was, it was really tough to leave okay. that out. And I'm glad, you know, we didn't get to have that conversation with Ansley about the, the social aspect of it. And I'm glad you kind of mentioned that about making friends on there. Mm-hmm. And people that are outside of the gaming community kind of view that a little weird. Oh. They they see that as like you talk to a friend on a game like isn't that weird? No, like you don't even know this person, and it's like what does it matter that I don't know the person? I'm not hanging out with them, you know. I'm not going. I'm not flying to Arizona to go meet them. Yes. Like I'm just playing a video game with them and enjoying it. And even if you do, right? Maybe you do get to meet them in a different way. And of course, if you're a child, that that can be a little dangerous. Obviously, you should be very careful about that. But as you get older, that's okay. You know, I think you can kind of make those decisions yourself and be cautious where you need to be cautious. I know people like that. I play video games with my brother and a lifelong friend of ours. Another person we we play with, they met this person through video games. Like they literally played a PC game with this person. And I, I call him by his last name. His last name is Dover, but I call him Dover. Like it's his first name. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, like we, I've never met the person. My brother has never met him. Our other friend has never met him. This guy lives in Arizona right now and he's around our age. Like I think he's like two or three years younger than me, but we've never met him. But I have talked to him so many times Mm -hmm. just by playing GTA with him. We've played Call of Duty with him. We've played Rainbow Six Siege with him. Like my brother, I mean, he could probably list 20 games that he's played with this guy, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We have a group chat with him. Like, you, it should, but that goes to That's show is like you can you can meet these people right, mm-hmm. and some people need that when they don't have other outlets to be social. Mm-hmm. Maybe they struggle in school. Maybe they don't make good friends in person. I don't know. But by having a gaming community like that where you can make friends and it's easily easier for you to make a friend and interact with people, that can go a long way. Yeah, I mean, to help it's that just person like the whole the thing. Road. Like in high school, you don't realize how many weirdos are out there, and then you go to college, and you're like, "Oh crap!" So we're all weird. Like I finally found my group, and it's just because you were part of like a smaller pond, and you needed to get out into the ocean to meet more like-minded people. And yeah, so sometimes, so you have to get on a game and meet somebody digitally to make sense and realize that it's okay to be exactly who you are, anyways. So I stand firmly behind it. Like you said, there's obviously dangers to it, but especially if the younger you are, but it is what it is. I like social, social gaming. So, well, I think that wraps that segment up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's going to wrap up this segment. We're going to take one last quick break. And when we come back, uh, Erica will give the local recommendation this week for SA Talk. Be right back. Hey guys, it's Zach from the podcast. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement, but I don't just stop there. If you have any questions regarding life insurance, Medicare, or of course your retirement plan, I'd be happy to help. I'm an independent advisor and work with over 10 different companies. I'm able to meet with you via Zoom, in person, or even over the phone. If you'd like to schedule a free meeting, you can email me at zespediqueta at outlook.com, or you can simply text me at 210-760-0409 for a schedule link. Also, be sure to follow me at Zach SB Advisor. I'm looking forward to meeting with you. Birds up and Viva San Antonio. All right, welcome back into SA Talk. In this third and last segment, we'll be giving our weekly recommendation. Um, and this week, I can't remember who gave the recommendation last week. I don't know. I'm just having a brain fart right now. But Erica, <laughs> regardless, is going to give the local recommendation <laughs> this week. And it's a spot that you may have seen recently on our stories or you saw a reel of mm-hmm. it. 
Um, if you didn't read the actual caption, then you're going to find out exactly what that place was and where it is. So Erica, go ahead and give it to him. Hello, everybody. Again, you're already here, but I'm welcoming you back. Um, yes, posted a reel last Friday. I grabbed a coffee. It was delicious. Um, and I got it at the Savage Coffee Co. A coffee truck. So it's in Colotus, but like barely. So I feel like it still counts as a San Antonio local recommendation. And also Helotus is pretty local. Like we got to have Helotus listeners, so you can't come for me. <laughs> and it's like, it's a great, it's a great place. It's got some like really like Hispanic inspired, um, like signature drinks. I went with the masa, masa latte, which is essentially masa pan latte. It was delicious. Um, but they have like chocolate, Mexican hot, like Mexican hot chocolate coffee signature and along with other ones. And you can check out my reel because there's like a little flash of their menu on there or not my reel, our reel. So head up to over to our Instagram to do that. But yeah, that's my local recommendation. They are, uh, they're at a coffee truck park. Yeah. So it looks like they're located at 11395 Shanefield Road. There you go. Zip code 78254. Um, just by going off the pictures again, Erica visited there. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's on my list now to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it. as you kind of explained it, it's part of a food truck park, kind of food mm-hmm. truck area. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be some other food trucks there, food trailers there. Um, but I'm always down to try a new, you know, new coffee company, a new coffee truck. Um, I've talked multiple times on this podcast about the growth and kind of the boom of just the, not just the food truck or food trailer, but the coffee trailers just Mm -hmm. around. And it's so, so cool to see. So I'm always down to try a new one. What did you get? I think you made, oh no, you got the mazapan. You got the mazapan. Yeah, the mazapan. Okay. I've had that at one other place. I I had it. And so I I enjoyed it. I had never tried it until I tried it at this other coffee place. I'm I'm not going to say the coffee place because this recommendation is strictly for Savage Coffee Company. Um, (laughs) So so I won't say the other place I had it at, but I will have to try it now. So I'm going to have to try it. What is it called there? It's called the masa latte? Yes, masa latte. Yes like shortened out masapan and it's um it was launched about a year ago it's about to turn its anniversary if it didn't already by diana i don't know her last name but she was awesome and she was working the food truck and she was a great person she also has a podcast so who knows maybe we'll have her on just to kind of spread the love i don't know we love talking to local podcasters but long story short local recommendation savage coffee co coffee truck all right. Well, that's going to wrap up essay talk for this week. I want to give, you know, before we before we close out this episode, I want to thank our listeners again. I know we mentioned it last time, but I want to thank the listeners for for putting us on, you know, the the best of the city podcast mm. list. I, I think it, it goes to show how much you guys care about the podcast, how much you guys listen, and we really appreciate you uh, recommending us and putting us on the top four. Obviously, mm. now that it's December, it's time to vote. Okay, so get the vote out there. Uh, You can vote once per day per email. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You can call it cheating. I don't know, but I use two different emails. I vote kind of twice a day, but you know what? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So encourage your friends, your family to check out the podcast, but also vote for the podcast. Um, You can visit the link in bio. Eric has made it very, very simple to visit the link in bio on all of our social media platforms and click the button that that says best of the city. And you can vote right there for us. A couple other places or things you can vote for, like the Rowdy, um, the UTSA Rowdy mascot. You can vote for Sincere McCormick if you want to vote best athlete against some of the Spurs players. Um, But definitely go do that when you have some time. Oh my gosh, my dog is like running around. 
It's the puppy. He's like ridiculous, like He's hyper. wild. Wild in. But I want to give a huge thank you to all the repeat listeners of the show. It means a lot to us that you keep listening um, and keep, you know, enjoying the content that we put out. I want to thank any of the new listeners checking out this show for the very first time. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, um, please give a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and also check out our other series, Searching for San Antonio. We have some great interviews coming up in the next couple of months. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, lastly, if you're a business owner, a small business owner, or maybe you work for a local nonprofit, um, you're looking to advertise with the podcast, please reach out to us. You can reach us at our first names. Mine is Zachary, of course, Erica at sapodnetwork.com. Thank you all again. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. See you again next week and Viva San Antonio. Viva San Antonio.